0: To Real Talk Kim's podcast. We hope that you are blessed by the message. And for more information, visit RealtalkKim.com. Hello, my beautiful podcast family. How are you doing today? I am so excited to be on here with you. I am Real Talk Kim. Um, This is my podcast channel. Uh, If you follow me, thank you. If someone just sent this to you, thank you. uh, If you just fell upon it. Thank you. I don't believe anything is just a coincidence. I believe that a coincidence is actually God intervening and choosing to stay anonymous. So I believe today it's going to really bless you. I think this podcast is going to bless you. Uh, Just basically learning how to uh, praise God in a storm or learning how to think the positive, learning how to shift your thinking. You know, um, I am all over social media as Real Talk Kim, every platform as Real Talk Kim. Um, and you can go to my website, realtalkkim.com. Be a part of my world every day. I am constantly putting out uh, content that will help you get free. I believe that, you know, if I would have had some me's in my life back in 2006, it wouldn't have taken me six years to crawl out of depression. Um, instead, it would have probably taken me a few months uh, when I really grasped the understanding that, you stay where you want to stay. That's really the essence of this podcast today is just letting you know that you actually stay where you want to stay. Um, you, you go, you're going to go through things in life that you're not going to understand. I believe one of the greatest uh, things that holds us back in life is failed expectations, you know, um, where you thought something would have happened by now in your life. Uh, Maybe it was on your dream board. Uh, Maybe it was just society had you believing that you would stay married forever. Um, Maybe society had you believing that, you know, you would have two kids by now, a great looking spouse, uh, a beautiful life, uh, working in the same career all your life, ready for retirement. I don't know. And here you are, 48 years old, starting all over again. I mean, life has a way of throwing you lemons and it's up to you to throw it back throw those limits back and demand chocolate <laughs> you know i think that you know we we're we're serial um conference goers we are always looking for a fix always looking for a quick fix um and and it's real easy to you know scroll through instagram and scroll through facebook and Look at people's highlight reels and think other people have it together and your life is just screwed up. And as long as you allow the enemy in those areas of your life, he will always make you feel like you're a failure because the one thing that we have to understand about the enemy is um, that he can't take you out, so he's trying to wear you out. And usually he fights people that have the most potential, the people that are the worst threat, uh, the people that um, he knows because, see, the enemy uh used to be the apple of God's eye, but now he's in hell. The only idiot, the only punk that ever got kicked out of heaven, and now he's kicked in hell and he's kicked out because he got too prideful, too honory, too, too, um, didn't like accountability, uh, uh, wanted his way, uh, the 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 crowd pleaser, the the one that got a taste of of people praising him and then he took it and ran with it. And that cockiness got him kicked out of heaven and he's mad because now we're the apple of God's eyes and he wants to be. And so all he can do is try to make you fail and he tries to make you feel like that you'll never recover from that divorce. You'll never recover from that bankruptcy. You'll never co- recover from that injury. You'll never recover from that wreck that paralyzed you. You'll never walk again. You'll never have anyone that loves you with your children from different daddies. You'll, whatever your scenario is, you'll never have children because you had, a, uh, had a, an abortion in high school. Uh, you'll never be able to buy a house because you lost yours on the courthouse steps a year ago during that divorce. I mean, whatever the lie is, you know, that you were adopted And so you weren't even lovable as a child. So how are you going to be lovable now? And you just go through life, just repeating all these crazy cycles and scenarios and, 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 and just continuing the generational curses in your family. And man, I just really believe that, you know, generational curses are real. They are real. You hear me? They are real. But here's the key. We are the ones that choose to break the generational curses. You know, you, you listen to these people and I'm always just dumbfounded by these people that go through life and say, well, you know, my mother uh, was, was divorced five times, so my family's just got that curse on them. My mother and all her five sisters... None of them are married now. They've all been divorced numerous times. So it's just in my cards of life to be divorced too. And here you are struggling your whole marriage, thinking that every time something goes wrong in your marriage, you want to throw the whole marriage away because you just had this curse on you that marriage can't work. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You hear these these kids that walk around and say, "My uh, the, the alcoholism runs in my family, so I'm going to be an alcoholic for the rest of my life. All my uncles died of cirrhosis of the liver. And you're walking around repeating these cycles and And you are the one that can break it. How do you break a generational curse? You decide to not walk in the shoes of your of your loved ones. You decide that I know alcoholism runs in my family, so I'm not going to walk into a bar and sit at a bar while other people are drinking i'm I'm not going to allow myself to drive to the grocery store and buy that vodka every time I have a bad night. i'm not going to call that my i know that that my dad was a player. I know that commitment issues are, are damaging in my family. So what do you do? You don't pick up the phone and call that, that side piece just because your marriage is going bad. You don't go in the in the, in the the other room and close the door and lock it and watch pornography. You don't do those things. You just say no to those things and you break that crap off of you. You know, I know that alcoholism runs in my family. And so I am always that girl. It's either all the way in or all the way out. There's no gray for me. If I'm gonna drink, I'm gonna drink till I'm drunk. If I'm gonna, you know, party, I'm gonna be the life of the party. So I know better. I know not to allow myself to go in that space in my head. If I'm sitting at a table with a bunch of people that are drinking, I will not be drinking. If I'm on an airplane flying across the country and I know that I could have me a glass of wine, I don't do that because I don't open the door for the enemy to creep in because that's what he does. He creeps into the little spaces of your life and he begins to distort and 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 cause this, this mind to go crazy on you. And all of a sudden your mind, this little bitty six inches between your ears is controlling your whole entire life with worry, with fear, with the what ifs. And before you know it, you are, are walking through life and you are just suppressing the pain and you're becoming comfortably broken and you got to break that off of you. You know, I just sit and, and even walking through, uh, things in my own life and just, just, uh, staring at places in my own life. And I'm just like, how in the world, you know, you, we all go through that where we just deflect and reflect, you know what I'm saying? And we just look and just think, man, how in the world, you know, am I making it through this? And I hear people say it all the time. How do you do it? Like how, How in the world do you still go? How in the world do you still go on and encourage thousands and thousands of people every day walking through the hell yourself? And, you know, I think that I'm going to tell you today, you know, five ways that I, I every day am focused on. I focus. Number one, I focus. I count my blessings. I count my blessings every day. I count my blessings that I'm even alive to be able to fight these battles, You know, I count my blessings that, that I was strong enough that every time I started getting in that web of wanting to have a little bit of wine to calm me down at night, that one point I just said, enough is enough. I'm going to stand strong and I'm going to beat this thing. I'm not going to allow this addiction or this bloodline to, to, to increase in my life. I'm going to decrease it. So I count my blessings. I look, you, you, you don't listen. You can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. This is for somebody today. You can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. You know, I look at some people in our church even that, you know, when the, the people in my church that I pastor, I'm with a lot. So I get to watch the patterns in their life and I get to watch when things are going great in their lives, how excited they are and how over the top they are and how solid they are. And then, you know, I get to watch as a storm hits their life and I get to watch how they decrease in their participation in their areas that they were serving in and how a lot of times I just see people fall all the way off and I never see them again and and i just don't understand it i just don't understand these people that have it all going for them and 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 you know having it all going for you doesn't necessarily have to be you've got a billion dollars in your account. You don't have any stresses financially, or you have a husband that's faithful or a wife that's faithful. Your kids are healthy. No, sometimes it's just a mere fact that you got back up again. You know, count your blessings could be that I woke up this morning and I already have two miracles, my eyes open this morning. You know, things might be hell all around me, but I'm going to praise my way through the hell and I'm going to come out of hell on fire. It's choosing just to have, have your right, mind. You know, having the same mind, having the right mind to be able to decide today, happiness is a choice and it's my choice. And I'm going to choose not to look and be stressful today, but I'm going to be grateful today. I'm too blessed to be stressed and too grateful to be hateful. Even when things aren't going well, I'm going to praise God on credit. I'm going to still get on social media, and I'm still going to encourage people, and I'm still going to praise. I'll never forget y'all, like about four months ago, a lot of y'all know that my daddy, um, man, I take after my daddy, and my daddy was like the type of person that when he walks into a room like man, he just demanded the attention. He was the problem solver. My dad could step in crap and come out smelling like roses. You know what I'm saying? My dad was just a mover and a shaker. My dad would just build churches from the ground up and figure it out. My dad could rob Peter to pay Paul and figure it out until we were above... The water instead of under. If we were hurting, we would never know it. If my family was struggling, we never knew it. My dad was just a boss man, and uh, he was he was diagnosed with dementia in 2012. Um, and um, in 2012, you know, he went and got heart stents put in his heart. Never been sick a day in his life. And when he did, that I guess if you ever have an underlining issue in your mind, uh, it'll trigger it. And it will it will cause that disease to start um, happening in your life earlier, and that's what happened. Dementia ran in my daddy's family, um, and so when they dealt with his heart, when they when they did that heart stent, they provoked him, provoked the sickness, the onslaught of this dementia, and Alzheimer's early, and so we just over the last few years was watching my dad just totally. We were losing my daddy. I mean, it's crazy just to even look back and and see him coming in with different shoes on, uh, putting all of his suit coats on and walking through the house and uh, carrying 12 pins in one pocket. Like I just watched as he was digressing and yeah, it hurt, but I still had my daddy. You know what I'm saying? My daddy still knew me. And I remember I used to always just want to hear my dad because I was raised in a religion that said women can't preach. And women were basically baby makers and house cooks and you know the men were definitely far more superior than women uh in the in in the way I was raised and that really made me mad my whole life and probably got me on a rebel bus, you know, where I was like probably, you know, proving a point. Like I could do more than have babies. I could do more than get your water for you. I could do more than cook. And it just sent me over the top because the enemy knew that Uh, I have a great gift inside of me. And if he could get me off kilter by becoming a feminist or by making me not know how to submit or honor, I could throw my whole life off with the rebellion, you know, being so rebellious that I never would have accountability. And that's really what happened to me, uh, that set me up for all the failure that happened in my life before I really crashed and burned in 2006 at 36 years old, um, I just kept repeating all these crazy cycles and I was comfortably broken and blaming the whole world for where I was. And I remember uh, July of this year, uh, my dad just just went downhill so fast. And, you know, I was devastated because all of a sudden he became homeward bound, homebound, and he can't even, he can't even change himself anymore. He's, you know, doing number two in his pants and number one in his pants. And he was just this prideful man. And now all of a sudden within like a week he just hit the bottom like no longer could he leave the house and i just started thinking that week cuz i really spiraled in june, in june july i really spiraled my life just hit me like i just all of a sudden hit rock bottom once again and had to start reflecting and 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 deciding things in my life that were making me spiral out of control, and I had to grab my life back because I got a whole lot to lose now that I didn't have in 2006. God's trusted me with this incredible platform, millions and millions of people that are following me, and the love the devil would love to make a mockery of me. And I knew I had to get it together. I had to get my personal life together. I had to. And 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 when my dad went downhill, I just was. Uh, for a whole week, man, I just took off and that really the whole month of July, I just took off, just, just escape, man. I didn't talk to many people. Um, I just started really deflecting and, and, and changing some things and detoxing some things in my life. And, oh man, I owned a lot of junk and was just had to look in that mirror one more time because really what had happened in my life was my, my life had just taken off in such a, pace such a fast pace that I would be on 20 planes a week and I'm preaching in the biggest platforms in America. And man, I mean I just went from the pit to the palace like overnight. It felt like to people, but to me it had been a long struggle to get here. Books being released and man, I'm just just on this high and really was learning how to operate in a robot mode and you know, finding myself needing to drink wine at night and before long that one glass of wine turned into a bottle, you know, I'm just being transparent right now and, uh, hating my living conditions and, um, faking it, you know, faking it, never making it. And I'm like, how am I, I looked in that mirror in July and I was like, how am I staring at, how am I getting on, being able to get online, getting up in my pulpit, acting like life is a certain way and living a lie. And man, y'all, because my parents taught me how to, my parents taught me how to praise my way through. My parents taught me to fear the Lord. My parents taught me, you, 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 people can't get you in heaven. People can't get you in heaven. You better care what people, what God thinks about you instead of what Jesus, what, what people think about you. Man, I had a whole come to Jesus the whole month of July, literally uh, a whole come to Jesus. And my whole life shifted that month and I really started, I mean, everything changed. Y'all, everything changed in July. Um, I, I I began to fix things in my life. I bought into my church. Um, I, I started uh, fixing some hiccups in my life and um, demanding some change with people that were surrounding me and making people take ownership instead of enabling certain people that were in my life. I began to... Uh, put the spotlight on them. I stopped breaking myself to, um, heal somebody that didn't want to be healed. And man, I'm telling you, I, I, I literally went to a whole nother level with Jesus, probably uh, 12 levels. I'm telling you, like my, I started fasting and praying for the first time in my life. I didn't eat nothing. I just went fasting and praying. Man, I lost 35 pounds, uh, started feeling better about myself, started juicing, started taking care of myself. This was all in one month, y'all. This is the month of July. I'm telling you of, of 2019, I never have touched another a glass of wine and I never will because I realized what the enemy was doing. He was seeping in those holes. Oh, it's not bad to drink wine. It's not bad to have a glass. It's not, wine's good for the heart because isn't that, isn't that, isn't that how we do? Ain't that how we do? We we contort the scripture to fit what we want it to fit so we can continue to to, to spiral out of control. And before we know it, we have lost who God created us to be. And the devil cannot wait to make a mockery of you. And so I took control of my life and I started thinking that month, I started, I was really just grieving my dad, grieving my dad, grieving my personal life, just grieving some stuff that I had to take ownership of, grieving, just grieving, grieving. And it was a very sad month, but a very great month. It was the worst month of my life, but the greatest month of my life because I had an awakening and, um, got my whole life together. You hear me? I got my whole life together and it really sucks for a lot of people because I wasn't that old Kim anymore. I wasn't, I wasn't pacifying situations anymore. And so I, I, I became alive again and, um, that week I, I had to stop and I believe this is going to help somebody. I had to stop that week and God really started bringing to my remembrance because I was grieving my daddy, man, grieving my daddy and missing my best friends. Cause him and my mama would, my, him and my mama would every single day was with me. Every single day they would eat with me. Every single day they were with me. They were my best friends, man. And here all of a sudden I lost both of my best friends. They are homebound. My mama can't leave she's healthy, thriving, but yet her whole life is now serving a grown man. And, um, that is out of control. I might add, you know, he was just mean. He just turned mean overnight. He was hateful to me. He was cussing everybody out, just lost his mind. And, um, I was grieving my daddy, and and I was allowing myself to feel the process and the pain. I was allowing myself to feel the pain of where I was at, the reality of where I was at. While y'all, while I'm still getting on live at nine, while I am still actually, I'd started live at nine in July. I started at nine o'clock. Nine nine uh, live at nine became my accountability, and uh, kept me on track really to keep growing. And, um, I had to, I, I, God was speaking to me one day and all my life, I'd always wanted to hear my dad say, Kim, I am so proud of you. Always. Cause y'all know I was in special ed. Y'all know I felt unworthy. You know, I was a single mama. Uh, I'm a very strong woman. So, uh, you know, we can be accused of being feminist. We can be accused of you know, not submissive, and so you end up owning all of this stuff in your life because people said you were this and that, and, and uh, you can go overboard trying to prove it ain't true. You know what I'm saying. And so there in that month, I remember God told me, he said, "You always wanted to hear your daddy say, "Good job, Kim." Because I would always be like, Daddy, did I preach good? Was that sermon good? And he'd be like, You just need to learn a little bit more. Let me teach you a little bit more. It was always let me teach you. And I remember thinking, you never taught my brother. Like at 23, you handed my dad my brother a whole church. My dad, my brother became a pastor at 23, and here I am. I lost everything, went through a divorce. Yes, I was the black sheep of the family. Yes, I was re- rebellious, but here I am at 40 years old, taking back my life, preaching. I was writing books with my special ed self that went bestseller. And here I am, still trying to get hear my daddy say good job. And God said, Your daddy did say good job to you, Kim. Just not the way you thought he would. And here, all of a sudden, it came to my reality into my mind that here I am the, still failing at this life thing, because I'm waiting to hear my dad say, good job, Kim. I wanted to hear it a specific way. In reality, my dad was saying good job every day when he would stand up on that front row and in front of everybody. I remember I was at Jensen Franklin's preaching Mother's Day and standing in front of 8,000 people. And all of a sudden in that building, my dad, you know, dementia had hit him and we were still taking him places with us, but he was still, you know, he would still like shout out stuff every once in a while I remember in that quiet room I said something and he stood up in front of all those people in that front row and said that's my girl and it was like all of a sudden I, it, I felt this this just just something come over me like oh my god he's so proud of me right and so during July of last year, I just heard God say he was telling you every day how proud he was of you. You just were waiting to hear it a certain way, and yet every day his actions were proven. He was your biggest fan, Kim. He was. He, my daddy saw me write two bestsellers before he lost his mind. My, my dad rejoiced, rejoiced in my comeback story, you know what I'm saying? And so I don't know who needs to hear this today. But you need to stop looking at all your challenges and begin to thank God for the opportunities that you have today. You know what I'm saying? Stop, stop stressing and get thankful. And, and you know, today my dad can't, he doesn't know who I am. But you know what I get from my daddy? I never had that loving, that kind, that hold my hand, wrapping me up in his arm, kissing on me. My dad was never like that. He was never a real affectionate person, and I craved that. Um because he was molested as a child. And so he was never that normal daddy, you know, that baby, that I was a daddy's girl, but at a link at an arm's length. You know what I'm saying? Now, every day I get to crawl in my daddy's lap on the couch and he holds my hand and he lets me kiss all over his face. And, you know, I get, a, I get a side of my daddy. I never had before. And so I just want to encourage you right now to do what I'm doing, you know, on these five ways to be more positive through your circumstances. Number one is count your blessings. Can't, you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. You know, choose to look at your, your situation you're in right now and find that, that lining of thankfulness. There's always something to be thankful for. Um, number two is see your challenges as opportunities for growth. You know, I looked at in Ju- I looked at July now I'm looking back and I'm looking back at July 2019 that was my really my other wake up call. One was in 2006 and 2019 was my other wake up call. And I'm just so thankful for that because I saw my challenges as opportunities to grow. And it would have been real easy for me to even get in my feelings because what the enemy will do is he will make you walk through life condemned. He will make, keep bringing up these mistakes you made in your lives and in your life. And, and you will be so busy uh, living in shame of what you did in your past of something you did 12 years ago or something you did 20 years ago or something you did even just eight months ago. And you won't even be able to, thank, to rejoice in all that God's doing for you today. Because the enemy's got you bound in that condemnation. Because remember, he can't take you out. So he's trying to wear you out. And he's trying to make you look at circumstances in your life as death and doom and gloom and shame. And shame is not of God. Condemnation is not of God. Conviction is God. Conviction is whenever uh, everybody in my circle is having a glass of red wine. And the conviction tells me, Kim, you can't do that. Conviction is... When I want to concentrate on sadness going on in my life right now. And instead, I thank God that I got a breath. I got breath in my lungs. And and as long as I'm not dead, God ain't done. And I may not like the circumstances I'm staring at right now. But thank you, God that I am not in the ground letting worms eat me. Thank you, God, that I got another day to do it again. Thank you, God, that your mercies are new every day. Thank you, God, that I can trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding and all my ways. I'm going to acknowledge God and he will direct my path. Thank you, God, that I can delight myself in him and he will give me the desires of my heart. Thank you, God, that I can say, God, your will and not my will. I thank you, God, I can I can stand on Ephesians three 3- twenty that said he's going to do exceedingly abundantly more than I can ever ask or think. Thank you, God, that it ain't over until God says it's over. Thank you, God, that he turns scars into stars. Thank you, God, he turns wounds into wisdom. Thank you, God, he turns pain into pulpits. I'm telling you something. Today, you got to rejoice where you are. Number three is don't listen to your negative thoughts. Don't listen to your negative thoughts. I got a friend that's got everything going for her beautiful woman, beautiful life, beautiful. And there's a few areas in her life that aren't beautiful. They're not, they're not, they're, they're not beautiful to her, but it's almost like she has everything so perfect in her life and other areas that if the two areas, three areas in her life that aren't perfect, she concentrates on those instead of the blessings. Is that you today? Are you so busy being critical That you can't even thank God for the blessings that you're staring at right now. You might be a single mama. You might be working three jobs. But this ain't where you're staying. Thank you, God, that you were able to have children. Thank you, God, that you're able. You've got a job. You know, I'm talking to somebody today that you have complained about your job for years. You hate your doggone job. Instead of just being thankful that you've got a job. It may not be the job you want. But it's a job. I remember when I had to drive to Bloomingdale's and I hated working retail more than anything in my life. I hated going in that store every day and having to talk to people and I hated people in that season. I was broken. And now I look back and I remember God saying, as long as you complain, you're going to remain where you are. You got to learn how to realize that this is a season, Kim, not a sentence. You're making a monument out of something that's just a moment in time. And every storm runs out of rain. And you got to learn how to dance in the puddles, Kim. And I remember I started changing my thinking. I started putting people on like me in my car. And all the way to work, I would let somebody yell at me. Get up. It could be so much worse. Praise God where you're at. And I began to shift my negative into praise. I began to shift my worry into worship. I I, I started realizing that you can't stress and be thankful at the same time. I started realizing you can't fear and faith. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to fall, but thank God you can get back up again. Thank you, God, that failure isn't final. Failure just means you tried something and it didn't work. But at least you had the courage to try. You know, I started, I started, stopped complaining about people sucking me dry. And I stopped handing certain people the straw. Started taking back my power. And that's what you have to do. You got to stop being so ungrateful and be grateful that you're here. Be grateful. Things ain't right. Maybe things aren't great. Maybe you are on food stamps. So maybe you are having to eat expired cheese and crunchy, nasty cornflakes because you're on wick or welfare. But this ain't where you're staying. I'm telling you that as long as you've got a pulse, God's got a plan for your life. So you got to realize that you got to get up today. You got to get up. You got to take your life back. You got to stop Stop concentrating on the stress in your life. Stop concentrating on the fear in your life. Start counting your blessings. You can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. See your challenges as opportunities for growth. Don't listen to your negative thoughts, y'all. Stop walking around listening to the negative thoughts. And if there's people in your life that keep reminding you of your past, it's okay to put them in your past. The Bible says to renew your mind. Renew your mind. You're the only one that can control your thoughts. You're the only one that can stop allowing your thoughts and your mind to make you have panic attacks and anxiety attacks. Whenever you have anxiety attacks and panic attacks, it's because you're trying to be Jesus in your life. You got to change those thoughts. When those thoughts are coming to you, I had a panic attack one time and I thought I was dying. And I remember the nurse said, think about the beach. And I'm thinking, how am I going to think about the beach when I'm dying? And I realized real quickly that she was trying to get me off the thoughts of dying because I wasn't dying. dying. My thoughts were making me think I was dying. And so as soon as I stopped thinking about dying, I started calming down. So that's what you need to do today. Every time that thought that makes you stress out comes to mind, makes you start, your heart start palpitating and feel like you're dying, go think about yourself sitting on a beach somewhere with your, with your feet in the sand. Change the dialogue that you're talking to yourself every day. Number four is feed yourself with positive encouragement. I got so much positive on this podcast alone. This is just a podcast where you can stay on here and i will I will pull your butt out of hell. I will brainwash you into believing that you can do anything but fail. get some positive in your life. get some people in your life that will feed you positive encouragement every day. get in your word go on the u version at y o u v e r s i o n Get on that YouVersion app and do some devotionals. Read your Bible. Let the, let that joker, if there's a guy on there that reads the word to you as you sleep. While you're sleeping, the word is getting inside of you. You know, the Bible is your GPS. It will change you. It will change you. Number five is choose faith instead of fear. I always, last, I think it was the podcast last, um, the podcast last uh um, that I did was fail forward. Maybe it was two podcasts ago. Go go listen to it. It was called fail for you, forward. You're going to fall. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall. You're going to fall. You're going to fall in love with the wrong person. You might walk through a divorce too, but it ain't the end of the world. You might go through a bankruptcy, but it ain't the end of the world. You might go through three or, three or four bankruptcies, but it ain't the end of the world. You might lose your house, but it ain't the end of the world. People might gossip on you. It's not the end of the world. People cannot steal your birthday. Let them talk about you. Haters are just confused fans. When people talk about you, that means there's something great on the inside of you because anybody that'll talk about you when you ain't around, that shows that you got something on the inside of you that everybody wants. So stop, stop giving the negative energy your space. And Today, get yourself up. It ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over. Until God says it's over. You know, I have a pod, I have a, a a free app that you can go download. And on that free app, I've got declarations. And every day you need to go do those declarations. Our scripture for this month, uh, for this whole year, for my church, Limitless Church, the church that I pastor here in Atlanta, Georgia, a Limitless Church, every single time I get up to preach, we quote Amos 9, 13 through 15. God's decree is that you are about to be so blessed that your head is about to spin. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing, you won't even be able to keep up. That's a message version, version. And then I quote some things over your life, and you re- you respond. All of that's on my Bible, on my app. Go search. Go to your Google Play Store. Go to your Apple Store, and get yourself tied in with my app. And every day, begin to quote things over your life, because listen, life and death are on the power of your words you are the one that has to decree and declare change in your life. Your life may not change overnight, but you don't have to stay here. You don't have to stay here. You need to get up. Maybe your whole world is falling apart right now. And maybe it is in the public eye. But get up. It ain't over. People are watching how you respond. God is trusting you with this storm. God is trusting you with this hail. And what you're going through right now is not even for you. It's for somebody else. God's trusting you to get up. So today, get up. Even if you got to pull your leg, honey, even if your leg feels like it weighs a million pounds, get up and drag yourself into victory. Drag yourself into victory. You know, just when the caterpillar thought her life or his life was over, they got their wings. She got her wings, he got his wings and began to fly. You may have been in the caterpillar position forever. You might have been in that cocoon forever, but now is a time to break out your wings already. I love y'all so much, man. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you right now. I am praying for you. Listen, I'm praying for you. You've got this. You've got this. You've got this today. I'm telling you, you got this. Um, Let me quote this over you. Amos 9, 13 through 15 says, listen, things are going to happen so fast. Your head will spin one thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessing upon blessing, like, listen, blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing is going to be on your life. And if you keep on reading, it says, it says, blessings like wine pouring off the mountain and the hills. God says, I will make everything right. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying to you today. Quote this after me. Come on, repeat this. My heart is healed. My mind is sound. Come on. My soul is blessed. My family is chosen. My body is healthy. My future is fantastic. My words are anointed. My walk is righteous. My praise is dangerous. My destiny is unstoppable. My all is is in Christ, and my year is limitless. Now listen, go crush today. Crush this week. Have you a month like I did in July and just get your whole life back snatched. Come on. Own some stuff, fix some stuff, and grow, baby. Grow and glow up in your life. I love you so much. I am praying for you, praying for you. It ain't over, baby. It ain't over. Go on and shine bright like a diamond. You're like that crystal ball. A crystal ball only can light up a whole auditorium with one single little light on this one little ball that gives the best light all over that whole auditorium, all over that stadium. One single little ball can make the most beautiful prisms everywhere. Why? Because that ball's been crushed a million times. And every time that thing broke and all those glass pieces shard, it allowed light to come through and put together. It makes a beautiful masterpiece. That's you. I love you. I'm Real Talk Kim. Listen, realtalkkim.com. Be a part of my world every day. I love you. Praying for you. And listen, you got this. You got this. Crush it. Love you. Bye. See y'all next week. Thanks for listening to Real Talk Kim's podcast. For more information, visit realtalkkim.com.